going to give you a hard time. We're going to sing that little chorus through just to kind of get the blood flowing. And you, you know, you've got a smile on your face. It's a good time to sing, Yes, Lord, Yes.
Well, I ask if you would turn with me to uh, the Gospel of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 24. We preached the first part of chapter 24 on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, and celebrated the fact that He is risen. Why seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen just as He said. And of course, the women went back and and uh, reported the good news to the disciples, and they just thought they were just telling a bunch of tales. And, and, uh, but there were two of them that took off running to the tomb. Peter was one of them, and then uh, uh, John as well. Uh, they ran to the tomb, and, and, uh, and they looked in, and Peter was amazed at, at what, uh, what he saw and the fact that, that Jesus indeed was not there and the cloths were, were laying folded, and um, it wasn't uh, like he was in a, an escape or, or someone had, had robbed the, the grave and... And um, Jesus had done exactly as he said. He came and he died. Three days later, he arose and he's alive. And I'm telling you tonight that Jesus is on the throne and we serve a risen Savior. And there's hope, there's victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we're here tonight. And I praise God for that. And um, I want to preach to you tonight. We're going to continue uh, the story in, uh, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. And, and uh, we're going to focus on the road to Emmaus. I love this story, and I want to preach to you from uh, uh, verses 19 through 35, a message entitled, It's True. It really is true, and I'm telling you some 2,000 years later, it's true. Jesus is alive. He arose, and, and uh, we have victory. And so the Apostle Paul said, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have the victory tonight and that's good news and I pray that'll put a smile on your face tonight as you're reminded of the victory that we have because it is true he is risen he's alive and and uh, I want us to focus on uh, four truths tonight that we're going to find from this uh, passage of scripture uh, first of all in verses 19 through 24 we're going to see the the questions that were raised by these two travelers that were on their way from Jerusalem uh, back to Emmaus which was about seven miles journey for them. There were some questions raised and there was a, a visitor that, that joined them. And, and then the Old Testament was fulfilled. Uh, Jesus fulfilled the prophecies and the word of the Old Testament in verses 25 through 27. And then verses 28 through 32, the Messiah revealed. We'll see that. And then also the resurrection proclaimed in the final verses 33 through 35. And as we begin, I just want to ask, have you ever had a close encounter with a famous person? I remember back, uh, I guess it was, uh, it might have been uh, Turner Field. I, it it might have seemed like it was uh, Fulton County Stadium. Uh, you remember David Justice played for the Braves, and at that time, I don't know if they were married or just boyfriend, girlfriend, but his, his, uh, his wife or girlfriend was Halle Berry. And, um, and so uh, what I would like to do, our seats were in right field, and we were right there. If there was a home run hit, you know, we could, matter of fact, Sid Breen could turn around and throw us a ball if he wanted to. Uh, well, that's where our seats were. And um, so oftentimes I would just kind of wander behind the screen and just kind of, you know, uh, try to walk down the aisle and just kind of get that perspective. And, and, um, and then I looked and, and, uh, and, and someone said, there's Halle Berry. And there she was. And, um, you know, I was, I was really close to her and I didn't even recognize her. Maybe you've had a close encounter with a, with a famous person. Did you recognize them at that time? Whoever it might have been, wherever you were, I, I don't know. Did you actually recognize them? Sometimes they don't look the same in person maybe maybe there's you know they didn't they didn't have all the doctoring up and all the things that you know that that magazines or whatever can can do and and maybe they just didn't look you know the same or you didn't recognize them a recent story in the news told of a french tourist 
and her family just strolling along the streets of New York near Grand Central Station. They had just finished eating at, at one of New York's famous big pizza restaurant and the women carried the leftovers in a bag as they walked along and and so you know Miles mentioned this morning as John was was preaching about you know reaching out to those in need perhaps even those that are homeless and and so uh, this woman that had the leftovers she's she saw a homeless man going through the trash so she walked over and offered him the leftover pizza well the man thanked her and accepted the food only later did the woman discover that the man she had helped was a world-renowned actor and he was in character and was filming an actual movie scene on the same day that a group of women first told Jesus' disciples that the tomb was empty two of Christ's followers left Jerusalem to Emmaus and again it was a village located about seven miles from Jerusalem and so as they walked along with anxious hearts you know trying to just think about all that they had witnessed in the last few days and and uh, and the fact that the tomb was empty and and they were discussing all of these things they were just kind of stunned uh, not only by their Lord's crucifixion days before but also uh, the women's uh, unbelievable report that Jesus was alive that he's no longer in the tomb so you can just imagine them having a conversation and discussing these things they barely noticed as another traveler came alongside of them on the road and little did they know that this encounter would change their lives forever as their eyes would be open to the truth just imagine being back you know during this time and witnessing what they witnessed and trying to trying to make sense of it all and you know trying to put it all together and then hearing these reports and, and just trying to figure it out and, and and then all of a sudden this traveler comes and and, and it changes everything and you encounter the truth well didn't that happen when you got saved I mean the Holy Spirit of God arrested your soul and showed you your need for salvation and you realize that Jesus is the only way that you can't save yourself and that he died in your place and you trusted him and and you invited the Lord Jesus to save you as your Lord and Savior and so you saw the truth the truth of God of who Jesus was and who Jesus is and you placed your faith in him we're kind of the same thing kind of happened to us because we had an encounter with God we placed our faith in Jesus and we came to realization of the truth so just just imagine that as as their hearts would be set ablaze now with hope and a fire in their bones that would propel them to go immediately and tell others the good news the same good news continues to burn in our hearts of believers today and, and the same motivation that these travelers had to go and share the truth. We share the same truth. We shouldn't keep it to ourselves. So I pray that tonight as we think about uh, these two travelers and what they encountered and how they were no longer the same, that we won't just see it you know, as, as a great story and a powerful story, but not really much use for us tonight, but that we will realize that we've experienced the same power of God in our own hearts when we trusted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And that we realize, maybe just be reaffirmed tonight, of how powerful the gospel message is and how wonderful the story of of salvation through Jesus is. And uh, the fact is, is that he's still not in the tomb and he's alive. And the only way to heaven is through Jesus. And he gives us life and he gives us abundant life, not only here in this this earth and in time, but for all eternity, uh, we have salvation. We have a home in heaven. Oh, it's too good to keep to ourselves. And may we be motivated 
to share that good news with others. I pray that right now that God would put someone on your heart that needs to hear your salvation story, that God would, would impress upon you someone like we talked about this morning. Who are we going to have relationships with? Who are we going to build, uh, build an interest with, with others in? Someone that we find out what their needs are and we pray with them and we share about Christ and we share about, maybe even tonight, you know, maybe share with them about how, you know, at church Sunday night the preacher preached about these two travelers on the Emmaus Road and how Jesus came to them and it changed their lives. And, and maybe we could share about how Jesus could change their lives and maybe share about how he's changing our lives and we're no longer the same. So I want us to focus tonight on some truths about the reality of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ being alive just as the Old Testament prophets proclaimed and the New Testament confirms. So let's look at this here tonight. I want us to see first of all in verses 19 through 24 the questions that were raised. Follow along as I begin here in, uh, in verse 19. And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they uh, did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman or the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered all these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets he expounded to them all the, uh, the scriptures these things concerning himself then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that, they, that he would have gone farther but they constrained him saying abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent, and he uh, went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they uh, knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour, and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together saying the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon and they told about the, the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread Heavenly Father oh Lord I just love this story and I thank you so much that under the, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that, that Lord Luke shared these things the account of the Emmaus Road. And God, I pray that we'll be encouraged tonight to know that it is true that you have risen and that you are alive. It's good news, the greatest news of all. And Lord, I pray that, that it would motivate us, Lord, to tell others that good news. Because Lord, when it's all said and done, the only thing that matters is, is Jesus and what, and what you have done and what you're going to do. 
And I pray, Lord, that you'll use us as we share the good news, that we'll be your witnesses, we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Well, let's see, first of all, in verses 19 through 24, the questions that were raised. You know, the opening question in verse 19 took place in the middle of an intense discussion involving two of, of Jesus' followers, one named Cleopas and the other was left unnamed. They had left Jerusalem on the morning of the first day of the week discussing the events related to Jesus' arrest, his trial, and his death. They also debated the women's unbelievable story that morning concerning the empty tomb and the angel's announcement that Jesus was alive. They were so engaged in debate that they hardly noticed the risen Lord coming alongside of them. Even when Jesus joined the conversation, I mean, just imagine that. The very one they're talking about is the very one that had come alongside them and visited them and began to talk with them and then ultimately share the truth with them that they needed. Before we continue, I just want to share that Jesus didn't have to appear to these two. But he did because he loved them and was concerned for them. He wanted to help them and he wanted to guide them. Certainly, the Lord could have sent an angel like he had done many times before to give guidance and answers, but it was the Lord himself, Jesus, that had come alongside uh, these two travelers, the, the two disciples that were on their way home, you know, just, just kind of discussing the events. And I just want you to know the same is true for us. The Lord Jesus didn't have to come. The Lord Jesus uh, didn't have to do what he did for you and me. And if you're saved here tonight, God didn't have to call you out and speak to you about your need for salvation. But I'm glad he did. <laughs> I'm so thankful that I'm part of the whosoever, and I pray that you as well are part of the whosoever that believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, we love him because he first loved us. And so Jesus took the initiative and went alongside these two. And the same is true. God took the initiative when you and I were lost before we were, we were saved. It was God that visited us. I wasn't looking for God that night at that crusade at Easley High School football stadium. Uh, when I got up that morning, I, I didn't say, you know what, I think it's a good day to be saved. You know, I didn't get up that morning planning to, be, to, to get saved or to trust Christ. But I went to that meeting that night and God spoke to my heart and showed me my need for salvation. God took the initiative. I wasn't looking for Him. He wasn't the one that was lost, I was. And He took the initiative and if you're saved tonight, the Lord visited you as well. And, and, and how wonderful that is. And the same is true. What a privilege for these two travelers to have God himself come alongside them. And um, I love the picture in my mind of them debating what had happened to the very one that comes alongside to ask them what they were talking about. Look with me. at. Uh, let's look back at verse 19. Obviously, uh, verse 18 is... is uh, you know, Cleopas is, is, is answered and, and, and talked with the other. Are, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which have happened there? The, you know, Jesus is, is, is now asking, what kind of conversation is this? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, and, and I love this. Are, are you the only one in, in Jerusalem? Uh, have you not known the things which happened? You know, it's almost like, uh, have you been living under a rock? Where have you been? <laughs> Little did they know the very one they were talking about was the one that was alongside them. And so the answer then in verse 19, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. 
So they begin their reply by stating their surprise that Jesus had to ask. And, and then followed by a list of, of topics. So follow along with me again in verse 20 uh, as we continue. And how the chief priests, the rulers, delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. So we know, you know, um, the trial that took place and, and how the Pharisees and, and the scribes and, and how they, you know, they, they wanted Jesus arrested and, and, and the trial and, and all of that, that that took place. It might have seemed like that, you know, that things went their way, that Jesus got arrested and, and that that was, you know, that that was out of God's plan. But no, it was all part of God's plan. And then uh, he was condemned to death and then crucified. Look with me at verse 21. But we were hoping... Do you see the, you sense the hopelessness there? Oh, we were hoping that he was the one. Oh, the one that would come and redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today's the third day since these things had happened. Yes, verse 22, certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. You know, he died. They placed him in a tomb. And he's not there. The women reported that when they did not find his body in verse 23. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain in verse 24 of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But, they, but him they did not see. So just when Jesus' followers were ready to put a period at the end of the story of, of lost hope. Oh, we hope that he was the one. We really, I mean, I'm sure that they probably, you know, when he brought Lazarus back to life and, and when he caused the blind to see and he healed and cleansed the lepers, oh, we were just convinced that he was the one, but now he's dead. And so there just was a sense of hopelessness there. You know, they were ready to put a period there, but they were forced then by this traveler, this visitor, to change the period to a question mark. They admitted to have been astounded by the women's testimony earlier in the morning. They were debating about the fact that they did not find Jesus' body, yet the burial wrappings were still in the tomb, including the two disciples that ran to the tomb. John and, and, and Peter, they, they had ran to the tomb. The women had reported seeing angels, and the women declared that Jesus was alive. Isn't that good news tonight? Oh, it looked like that all hope was lost and, and the hopelessness and despair of these two disciples as they're heading back home and, and uh, just seemed like that all was hope was lost and, and that there's defeat and, and, and it just seemed like that, that it's all over with. And so there's no doubt that these, that these travelers were probably going back to Emmaus, to their home, to their village, and go back to their normal way of life. But you know what? That didn't happen. Because when you encounter Jesus, you're never the same again. And that was the case for these two uh, travelers. As, as far as these two followers of Jesus knew, no one had yet seen the risen Lord, though ironically they were at that moment looking and talking with the risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> and the two had thought that Jesus was the one who had, would, would, would redeem Israel. They, they had hoped for that. He was now dead. They did not understand true redemption that Jesus secured on the cross. Oh, he came for the purpose of dying. Why? Because we needed a Savior. Because our sin separates us from God. And we're hopeless, alienated from God with no hope. And Jesus paid it all with his own blood to secure our redemption that we could have never paid. 
So Jesus appeared to give them answers and to give them hope. And who better qualified to give answers and hope than God himself? The very God who came to die and did die, but indeed arose on that third day and is alive. Here he is, the Lord Jesus, giving answers and hope. So the questions are about to be answered from the authority, the one who is best qualified to answer, the risen Lord and Savior, the living Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But notice also verses 25 through 27, the Old Testament fulfilled. Jesus responded in a way that probably surprises people because he abruptly changed. And, and it's, it's probably not the way that we might think Jesus should respond, especially maybe those that, that wear the WWJD bracelets. Well, that's not what Jesus would do. Well, that's what Jesus did. <laughs> and we might be surprised. You know, there are some that, that think that, that Jesus uh, just walked around with a smile on his face and that anything goes, you know, just, um, it, but that's, that's not the, the same. What about when Jesus uh, turned over tables and ran the money changers out of the court of the Gentiles? Well, that's kind of a surprise response that we find here in verses 25 through 27. Jesus changed the conversation dramatically. We'll see that here with the two disciples. A tough way, yes, but sometimes love is tough. Something our society doesn't seem to understand today. Let me just say, I know our students are not here, but in our society today, if you tell somebody the truth and you love somebody enough even to tell them what they don't want to hear, that is not hate. And there's some churches that don't get that. Are we really loving if we, tell, if we embrace a lie? Let, let, me just, let me just deal with an issue today. I, I love all people as does the Lord Jesus and God loves all that we know that because he demonstrated that love on the cross of Calvary and Jesus came and he died whosoever believes but you know you think about this issue of transgenderism embracing a lie that's not courage that's foolishness you know the, the reality is if you want real courage embrace who you really are how God made you God doesn't make mistakes and so if, if, we, if we embrace a lie and, and we just, because we, because we want to be loving and we just tell somebody, you know what, uh, I hear you. You say that you identify uh, opposite of what you really are. But the best thing we can do is tell them the truth. God doesn't make mistakes. Embrace who you are. God made you that way because that's how God intended to make you. We know that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Nobody's an accident. Nobody's, nobody's a mistake. But we, a lot of times, don't want to be accountable to a holy God. So we like to be able to say, you know what? I'm not who I really am. You know, and, and God made a mistake. Well, why don't we lovingly tell someone, God doesn't make mistakes. And you are who you are because God made you that way. Embrace that. Is that not courage? Don't, don't tell someone a lie. What about, what about same-sex marriage? There, there are churches, I mean Southern Baptist churches today. I could name one. I'm not going to do that. But they pride themselves on, on having a congregation that is made up of, 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 of same-sex marriages and homosexuality, uh, the, the, the transgender uh, lifestyle, and even cohabitators, those that, that live together outside of marriage and they pride themselves in that well you know what folks when are we ever going to understand that God's way is best 
God doesn't, you know, God has, 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 has made it clear. And, and God gives us the truth. And so what God calls a sin is a sin. And people need to know that. I mean, if I come along somebody and say, you know, I love you and, and I'll just accept that lifestyle. God, God winks at it. We had a, we had a, a, a Southern Baptist, a very prominent Southern Baptist pastor that says that God winks at homosexuality. Well, how do you explain uh, Sodom and Gomorrah? Did God wink at that? Now listen, folks. I want us to understand that homosexuality is a sin just like lust is a sin. Just like telling a lie is a sin. God doesn't wink at any of it. But the worst thing I can do, especially as a Christian, and especially as a pastor that represents God, is to embrace a lie and say that, you know, you can stay as you are and God's happy with it. No, if you want the blessing of God, God's way is always best. And you can't improve on God's way. No, do it God's way. That's what we need to tell uh, this society is God's way is best. Let's do it God's way. And then you will, you will uh, experience the blessing of God. And so um, here Jesus is telling the truth to these travelers that are on the road. And he changed the conversation dramatically. And maybe in a way that's tough love. But that's what we need today. To love someone enough to tell them the truth. Don't tell somebody, don't misrepresent God. Boy, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. We need to be accountable to God's word and to share the truth. And, and, and I, I just want you to know, I, I, I love someone. Listen, those that are, that are uh, homosexual, even transgender, they're welcome to come and sit in these pews. But they're not going to join this fellowship and, until they repent and until, you know, like, just like all, uh, every one of you, you're members of this church because you trusted Christ and you repented from your sin and you believed in Jesus. And, and that's God's way and God's way is the best. And we, we need to tell the truth in love and, and in humility. But to smile at somebody and, and say that you love them and you embrace them and it's a way that God doesn't approve of, that's a dangerous ground to be. And we need to tell the truth. And, and even if it's if it's not well received. We need to, we need to tell the truth. And so Jesus um, here, um, you know, he, Jesus, he didn't feel sorry for them. Jesus didn't have pity on them. He wasn't worried about offending them or hurting their feelings. In fact, I think we would agree Jesus kind of bruised their egos. Notice with me here in verses uh, 25 and, and 26. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. He calls them, you're acting foolish and uh, you're, you're slow of heart to believe. The prophets have spoken. Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies. He fulfilled that. And then in verse 26, Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter his glory? You know, why are you slow to believe this? Why are you arguing about the fact that he's not in the tomb? That what the women had said. Why are you discussing this? Why are you slow to believe? Jesus came and, and, and Jesus is telling them the truth about why he came and why he suffered to enter his glory. Now look with me in verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Man, I just can't imagine being there with these travelers and hearing the conversation. God himself himself. 
How did, how did Jesus give them the answers? By the very word of God. Look, right here. We have the answer. We don't need new revelation. I don't need to, to wake up in the morning and tell my wife, Wow, I had a dream last night. I think God spoke to me. Well, it might have been, it might have been God. How do I know it's God if it lines up right here? The truth, Jesus expounded on the Word of God and the prophets and shared the truth based on the Word. We have the Word of God. That dream I had, it might have just been the Mexican food and heartburn I had the last night. Or it could be the devil himself. But you'll never doubt the Word of God. His Word is true. And Jesus, God himself, used the Word of God to give the truth and to, to help these two travelers. They had failed to believe all that the prophets had spoken in the scriptures. So Jesus expounded on the scriptures. Jesus, he didn't let them get by with it. Had they believed God's word, they, they, would, have, they would have known. But they didn't. So what did Jesus do? Tells them the word of God. Jesus didn't let them get by with their, with their unbelief. I know it made them uncomfortable. You know, folks, if Jesus would have preached what a lot of preachers are preaching today, he would have never got crucified. We got to preach the truth. We got to share the truth. And let the Holy Spirit of God work. How does the Holy Spirit of God work? According to the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. And today, we, you know, we're playing spiritual patty cakes. And, and, and we're talking about three ways to a better this and three ways to get your kids to behave. And we're, we're talking about all these different topics we're dancing around and we're sugarcoating things and, and we just need to just open and just preach the word of God. And Jesus took advantage of this opportunity to expound the scriptures. Of course, he wrote it. He knew. He's the author of it. And, and so he, he shared with them and, and may we do the same. Let's not, let's not close the Bible. Let's keep the word of God open and we'll find the truth. And so Jesus then gave the greatest Bible study explaining from the scriptures that the Messiah would enter his glory only through the way of suffering. Have you read Isaiah chapter 53 lately? I imagine that's probably one of the prophets that Jesus shared with them. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was pierced for our iniquities. But by his stripes, we are what? We are healed. And they missed that. Jesus didn't let them get by with it. I'm sure as they shared with Jesus, we had hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel. We had hoped... Well, Jesus immediately responded to that and called them foolish and slow to believe and shared with them the word of God, shared with them the prophets. I can't imagine the Bible study from Jesus as he's walking along with these two travelers on the road. Jesus' sacrificial death was no accident. Jesus had taught his followers this, but they kind of refused, you know, they, they refused to accept it. Look at verse uh, 27. Beginning... At Moses, you see there, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Starting at Moses, I just can't imagine, I mean, walking alongside with these travelers and hearing God himself share the truth and how he must suffer and why he came and why he died. Jesus used the entire Old Testament, that is, the you know, beginning the first five books of the Bible. The law, beginning with Moses, which were written by Moses, of course. Luke did not identify specific passages that Jesus used. Here's a seven-mile trip they're walking. 
I, I just can't imagine. I know, I know. Normally, if I if I walk um, if I walk seven miles, I think you know three miles takes about an hour if you, you know normally walking. So six miles would be two hours. You know, just normal walking. Um, I, I can just imagine that two hour and a half or whatever walk or, or whatever it was. Just imagine hearing God Himself share the truth from God's Word, the entire Old Testament about how Jesus would come. He may have used Genesis 3.15 where the Lord declared that the male offspring of the woman would one day deal a fatal blow to the serpent, talking about the devil, which took place when Jesus died and then arose from the dead. I'm telling you, a fatal death blow was given to Satan himself when uh, Jesus arose from the tomb. Right through the devil's backyard, the prince of the air, that first heaven, the Lord Jesus ascended. And then through the second heaven and all the third, uh, we, we just can't comprehend or imagine, but up from the grave he arose and it's true, he's alive and we have the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. To God be the glory. I, 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 maybe it was Exodus chapter 12 about the Lord's establishment of the Passover that vividly foreshadowed Jesus' sacrifice that saves us from the curse of sin. Only the homes with the blood applied to the doorpost would God's wrath and judgment um, not, not be applied. But as only those who trust in the blood of Jesus, as he sacrificed himself for our sin, will we escape the wrath and judgment of God. Oh, how wonderful. So great a salvation. Jesus continued to include the prophetic books like Isaiah, but also the books of Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and the Kings. All of them as a whole uh, point to the Lord Jesus Christ and His redemption on the cross. So we won't have to die in our sins with no hope, which is what we deserve. Jesus made it clear the two followers of Christ on the Emmaus Road that day. So the questions that needed answering was that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament, which the two followers of Jesus finally saw the truth. Oh, we hoped that he would redeem Israel, they, they said. They, they had really hoped, like, it was, like all hope was lost. And so you know, Jesus made it clear through the whole Old Testament, through the Word, uh, teaching them about how he was and how he had to die and why he had to die. But also, look in verses 28 through 32, the Messiah revealed. Look with me in verse 28. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and, and he indicated that he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. As they neared the village of Emmaus, it's getting late in, in the day, and Jesus gave the impression that, that he would continue on as they reached their destination. But they wanted the man. Jesus to stay. Why? Because they later stated how his teachings set their hearts on fire. I believe it was because they wanted to hear more. Can you just imagine hearing what the Lord Jesus taught them and what Jesus shared with them? I think you and I would be the same way. Have you ever sat in a church service and it's like, Man, the, an hour has already gone. Now, you're here tonight, and you're going, will he ever shut up? <laughs> but he, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you hear the truth of God's Word, and, and it just resonates, and the touch of God is on it, the anointing of God, and you hear the truth, and, and all of a sudden you look, and it's like, wow, I can't believe. Man, it's already 7 o'clock, 7.01 to be exact. You know, and, and it's, 
And I, I, I get that with, with these travelers. They're, they're walking. I bet that was the shortest walk they'd ever had. And Jesus then, they reached their destination. No, no, come stay with us. You know, it's, it's getting late. Do we ever just get tired and, and, and weary of God's Word and prayer, spending time with the Lord? We need Him more and more. We need to keep praying, keep believing, stay in His Word. And, and just like these travelers here, they didn't want Jesus to leave. They wanted Him to stay. And uh, look with me also in verse, uh, verses 30 and 31. Now it came to pass as He sat at the table with them, He took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew Him, and He vanished from their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us even though Jesus was a guest he served as the host <laughs> this would prove to be no ordinary meal can't you imagine that these men talked about this the rest of their life because it was then that they realized it was the risen Lord Jesus and, what, and it is, isn't it interesting that it was when he took the bread and he blessed it and gave it to them that their eyes were opened. They knew this was the risen Lord and Messiah that had been prophesied that Jesus had taught them about. It's important for us to realize that back in verse 16, these travelers were prevented from recognizing Jesus, which emphasizes that the Lord gave them their new insight as He was teaching them. They were now ready to believe what they couldn't that morning. So the Lord opened their eyes. They were now ready. Maybe they saw the scars in his hands. Maybe it was seeing Jesus pray or watching the way that he broke the bread. Whatever it was, Jesus used the experience to take away their doubts. Now their hope was based on God's word, not on personal ideas and wishes. There's a difference. If I'm trusting my personal wishes and my feelings and my emotions, that That'll come and go. But the Word of God will stand forever. And that was the basis. That was the foundation. They heard the truth from Jesus Himself. The Word of God. And they believed their eyes were open. We can't talk anyone into anything. Or they can be talked out of it. It's a work of God. God's work must be present in someone's heart. Or it's impossible for them to see the truth. And I see that with these two travelers. God himself visited them. And God opened their eyes. And that's, that's what we call uh, regeneration. He makes us alive spiritually. Only the Spirit of God can do that. And how does that happen? By the Word of God. We hear the Word of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We've heard that over and over. But the Holy Spirit of God began to work in our heart that truth. We, we, we read Romans you know, 5, 8. God commendeth His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And we, we hear that and the Spirit of God shows us that we are the ones that were responsible for His death on the cross. God shows us that. On our own, we can't, we can't do that on our own. We can't recognize that. But God opens our eyes spiritually. And... That's what happened to these, these two men as Jesus was teaching them. God was working. Once God works, it just boils down to faith. And, and God can't, He won't make us 
believe or not believe as much as he wants it. We know the Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, that all should come to everlasting life. But he won't make us. It's our choice. Like John talked about this morning, have you received the gift of salvation? Do you believe? That's what it boils down to, believe. Do you trust in Jesus and all that he did for you on the cross? Do you believe that he's risen and that he's alive? Notice with me in verse uh, 32 quickly. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? This was a crucial point in their lives. It was a defining moment. They had encountered Jesus and they had believed and they would never be the same again. There was a burning in their hearts. God was working in their hearts and they believed. They placed their faith. As Jesus revealed the, the truth and the followers believed, he disappeared. And there was one thing that must be done. And that's the proclamation. Let's notice this as we close. So they rose up the very hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together. They're gathered together there in the room. They're, they're probably fearful, afraid, scared, saying, The Lord is risen indeed. <laughs> this is what they encountered as they went to the disciples. Here's what's being said. The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. The testimony concerning the risen Lord is the most important news of all human history. It's the best good news that could ever be broadcast. It's the good news that cannot and must not be kept silent. Are we telling that story? Are we telling the good news? This was the conclusion reached by the two followers on the Emmaus Road. They could not wait until the next day. They left immediately, regardless of how late. You remember, they're fixing to turn in. <laughs> and then they had Jesus with them. And then when Jesus left, they couldn't wait. They went back to Jerusalem to share the good news with the grieving and their fearful friends. And I just love this. I love how verse 34 states that Peter was sharing his own testimony of, the, of seeing the risen Lord. The one who early denied knowing Jesus, who now proclaimed his resurrection. Is this coincidence of timing, happenstance of the two followers from Emmaus arriving during Peter's testimony? No. No way. This is the divine sovereign work of God Almighty. Jesus is alive. And since Jesus is alive, the disciples, you know, they didn't hesitate to tell the good news. So why do we hesitate today? Maybe we fear failure. How can you fail? The only failure is not sharing. Listen, it's not my work and it's not your work. It's God's work. Let's just be faithful to share about Jesus. Let's be faithful to share about how faithful the Lord Jesus is and how He is faithful to us and how He brings us through and how we pray and, 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 and how, how God gives us assurance and He brings us through storms and God is faithful. Just share the facts about what Jesus is doing in your life. If somebody makes fun of you and laughs at you, you've not failed. It's, it's then it's the work of God. All, our part is to be faithful and let God do the rest. What has Jesus done in your life that excites you and compels you to tell others about him? I just want to share this tonight. Elaine shared with me about her daughter, Melanie. 
And she's got some important tests coming up. This week, is that right? Waiting for results. Okay. Well, well obviously, this is, this is something we need to pray about. And uh, oftentimes, a lot of times on a Wednesday night, miss a lot when you miss Wednesday night, you'll hear some good testimonies about how we pray. You remember how we prayed about this last week or prayed about, we've been praying about this for weeks? Well, I got a praise report. <laughs> and so we share the good news. Well, we ought to share that with others. They may not believe. They may be an atheist and not believe in God. But they can't deny the facts of what you've experienced as you trusted God and as you prayed. And Elaine, we're praying for good results. I don't know when you're going to find that out, but I pray for good results. That's what we're asking for. And when God answers and when God proves faithful over and over again, those are conversations we need to have with others. Man, these two that encountered Jesus, they were never the same. And they couldn't wait to tell somebody. The news that we have of Jesus is no different. Same powerful news. And yet we just are stuttering at best. And a lot of times we hesitate to even share. God help us. May we truly be his witnesses. May we brag on Jesus. Talk about Jesus. Tell others about Jesus and what he's doing. Because when we truly know Jesus, we're never the same. Let's tell others. Heavenly Father. Lord Jesus, we come before you tonight, and I appreciate so much the patience of those here tonight. I know we went a little bit long, and air conditioners even timed out on us. But Lord, we're still here. And the word, God, that you've showed us tonight, I pray that it would motivate us, Lord, to realize that it is true. The good news, the greatest news of all, is that you're alive. And Lord, just as these two travelers went back and shared, and just as Peter was sharing about seeing you, Lord, we have the same good news to share. We may not have seen you physically, but Lord, we know you. And we pray and we talk to you and we walk with you. Help us to not be silent about it. And my prayer right now as we close, maybe there's someone that you've laid on our hearts that we need to have a conversation with about Jesus. God, if that's the case, I pray that we'll come to this altar and we'll ask you, Lord, to speak to their hearts and give us opportunities, Lord, to share. Maybe we might want to invite them to the men's fish fry. Or maybe we might want to invite them to our outdoor service on the 22nd. Talk about you. Talk about the things of God. Lord, not be silent about it. Not hesitate about it. But may we leave this place with the same excitement that the two travelers left when they went back to share the good news. May we do the same as we enter our mission field right here in Liberty. God, use us for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together? God has spoken to your hearts tonight, laid someone on your heart. The invitation is clear. Would you come and would you lift them up to the Lord? Pray for them. Pray for opportunities. The altar is open. I'd love to pray with you as well. Whatever God leads you to do tonight, would you respond and say yes to Him? There'll be no singing. Let's just focus on what God wants us to do tonight. Let's be obedient and faithful to Him. Maybe you just want to commit and say, Lord, I've not talked enough about you, and I want to change that tonight. Commit to that tonight.
going to play through another verse. I encourage you to come. in our deacons meeting Dennis was uh, sharing with us a devotion and one of the things that he brought up was social media could you imagine if they had social media back in the days of these two travelers <laughs> I'm sure people would say they're talking about Jesus again you know they're talking man you know one thing about it they, they must really believe it because they won't shut up about it you know what blows me away today is that those of us that claim to be Christians how on social media we never share scripture we never brag on Jesus we never talk about how God answers prayer. We, we're just so, so, social media, man, that's a great opportunity to share about Christ. But we're, once again, you know, we, we, might, we, we might share uh, about the Braves or about Clemson or uh, we, we might share about a hobby or something like that. And nothing wrong with all of that, nothing wrong with that. But truly, if we know Jesus, how could we never share? Not on social media. And, and not even have conversations with our coworkers and neighbors about Jesus. I just I think about these two travelers. I'm sure that's all they talked about. They were never the same. What about us? Have we truly been changed? If so, let's tell others about him. Let's go outside these walls and let's bring somebody back this coming Sunday. Let's bring somebody to the fish fry. Let's bring somebody. Tell them to bring a lounge chair and join us out here on the lawn and, and invite them. And that's, that's what we need to be doing. Sometimes we look to programs and, and, and big events, you know, evangelistic events and all that. But you know what, what's effective and what's biblical is each one reach one. Every individual Christian sharing with others, building relationships with others, finding out what their interest is, finding out what their needs are and praying with them and those kind of things and talking about the things of God. And as John shared this morning, the Great Commission not just for missionaries, not just for evangelists or pastors. Go ye therefore, that's talking about all believers. So we're entering the mission field. And like these two travelers, I'm not talking about being obnoxious, but I pray people will know, you know, that, that person's a believer. I know they, they're a Christian. Sometimes I wonder, what a sad testimony if somebody finds out that you're a Christian and they're like, really? I didn't know that about you. Shouldn't be that way. Let's share the truth. And uh, God bless you. Thank you for being here tonight. And I can't wait for Wednesday. Uh, our men will start up. What a great way to start Wednesday. 4.30 in the morning, prayer time. Come and join us if you want. And, um, and then uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, have our midweek gathering. And I hope you'll be here for that. And, and I can't believe that next Sunday is May the 1st. Can you believe that? And um, then we got child dedication coming up. Um, excited about that, Daniel and, and Amy. Winchester's uh, kids we're going to be dedicating them and and if you know someone uh, a family member uh, or a friend that, that maybe is interested in dedicating their child go ahead and reach out to them we'd love for them to be a part of that and we've already mentioned the 22nd and the things going on there and, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be June before you know it It'll be summertime uh, but until then let's be faithful and I, I'm so thankful for each of you being here tonight David if you would would you close us in prayer tonight brother